And so you gotta be able to make those quick decisions right there in the moment, which I just, I, I feel like I'd be terrible at personally. I think I, I could be, make a good cop. I think I could but, be good every couple weeks, one day out of every couple <laughs> weeks. I just, it's the everyday part that would get me. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that takes current issues and events within the culture and defends the Christian position from an apologetical and biblical lens. Now, here are your hosts, Shane Skirvin and Josh Phillips. Welcome one, welcome all to another episode of Switching Lenses. Now Shane, we're in the final episode of this series entitled Defining Justice in a Fragile Society. Now we're going to call this episode Finding Our Way in This Mess, because my goodness, we do find ourselves in quite a mess. But real quick, just to kind of summarize where we've gone before this in the previous two episodes. In the first episode, we talked about the word justice and can we find justice in the natural world anywhere? And then in our second episode, we we kind of came to the point, we came to the conclusion after the first episode saying, well, if we can't find justice in the natural world, there must be some sort of transcendent being or person or some transcendent way of defining justice. And that's when we talked about the God of the Bible and how he views justice and what it looks like in the Bible, which brings us, Shane, here to the final episode here. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, and looking at just a direct look at the problems we face today in this area of justice, you know, we're already a divided culture and people seem to be pushing further and further away and getting more and more entrenched, polarized. You know, there's more ways and mediums for people to disagree and clash and kind of hunker down and bunker down. And so, yeah, we're, we're finding ourselves in kind of an unusual time to view these things. I know, I know in our lifetimes, at least, uh, we've never seen anything close to this, I feel like. Mm-mm, no. Right? Yeah. And yeah. It's just... It, oh, I was just going to say, arguing not just about injustice, but arguing what is the definition of justice and having different views of the actual justice itself. You know, it's like questioning not just the individual result or outcome, but questioning the whole worldview and concept. I, I, I've never seen things looked at from such a, a wide angle before. And, just, and, and it's not even just, you know, like you said, questioning the word justice or anything like that. It's just like there's, there's reactions that are scary yeah, and, and, and harmful. Yeah. You know, and I, I've, I've kind of come to the place where I've sort of said, like, you know, we all kind of have different views of what's just and unjust. And that, that's a problem in and of itself. But I feel like, I dare say, the most troubling part of that is really our reactions to the injustices. And because we're seeing so many crazy things. I mean, we're, these mainly the riots is probably the number one thing we think of that's happening right mm-hmm. now. Businesses being destroyed, property being destroyed, things like that. And uh, yeah, now... Police officers are in trouble. Yeah, they're 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 being assaulted on a regular basis, and some of these riots, and all this. And man, it's it's really rough. And it's like 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 we're saying, we've never seen this in our lifetime. I'm not even sure when the last time was before this, at least in American history. But so I'm not. It's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty wild right now. And so for me, I sort of, you know, the the question that I kind of ask about this in regards to this episode and what we're the, the the subject matter that we're talking about is how do we recognize when injustices are taking place 
and how should we react when they do? So we kind of want to tackle that question as best we can and hopefully have some practical, I guess, I guess approaches to handling justice and injustice that we're seeing in like these specific events that are happening in our modern times right now. So, well, and I, and I would add to how can, uh, there's a proverb, how can two walk together unless they agree? And I think that's a pretty good description uh, with our, our nation. We have to have a shared narrative for us to walk together as a nation. And so uh, the hard work needs to be done for, for people to come to an agreement on justice, right? It's, yeah, like, I mean, it's like, like your point earlier, we, the, the division that we have is not good. Mm-mm, no. There's, I, I think it's just, the, the problem with it, it's re- reached such a, such a terrible level because there's always been disagreement. There's always been For dissension, sure. but now it's, it's reached such a level that it's, we're seeing a lot different consequences than in the, in the past. Well, in a town that's by you and a town that's by me, we have seen in both those towns, it pushed to a point of violence in the streets. That's very true. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, you living in Oregon, about mm-hmm. five hours from Portland, right? Yeah. Yep. And then me living very close to events that happened a few weeks ago uh, in, in Weatherford where things almost got really, really bad. If you didn't see the story, there was protests taking place in uh, Weatherford, Texas, and they were, uh, the protesters were coming after a statue, a, Confeder- uh, a statue affiliated with the Confederacy in some way. I really don't know the, the affiliation, so I don't, I don't want to speak to that. But um, a lot of residents came out, came out and they came out armed. And some of the protesters were armed as well, too. Now, luckily, I mean, there was a lot of yelling and shouting and things like that. No violence, no major violence broke out. But uh, that could have gotten really, really, really nasty quick. Yeah. With that many, the, with, with both sides armed. And luckily, nothing happened. Yeah, but it could, but it could have. And that just sort of speaks to the, the state that we're in right now. No, we're not going to describe all the events that everybody's fully aware of. But we do want to kind of, you know, we don't, we don't want to ignore the elephant in the room and, and just ignore this, this, these actual causes. So where we want to kind of start is where a lot of this, this problem has begun uh, in, in terms of the disagreements, the racial disagreements, the racial claims, and of course, all the rioting and protesting and whatnot. So that all started with the George Floyd case. Right. Again, we're not going to get into all the details of it, but the gist of that and some other incidences that were referenced, they all seem to have the same commonality that people in an authoritative position were taking advantage of their position and harming people with their their power, the position they're in. And obviously, namely, I'm speaking to to law enforcement. Okay, and so this, the claim is that the law enforcement is a lot of law enforcement are, are abusing their power to oppress, harm, and in some cases kill citizens. Would that be would that be fair? Yeah, that's absolutely the claim. Okay, now, Shannon, I don't know, I don't know about you on this, but I, I, I kind of I kind of felt two different ways on this. There's part of me that thinks, well, police officers they have a really tough job, and they, <laughs> oh, and they they sure. do have a tough job. Yeah, I'm not selling that short at all. Um, you know, if you put yourself in their shoes, which I can't imagine what they go through on a daily basis, but I, th- I think of situations like they get a call to go enter a building because someone called the police and said, Hey, we need you to go in there. Something, something might be going on. 
I can't imagine going into there thinking, okay, there could just be unarmed citizens in here that are peacefully going to go along with everything I say. And I can just kind of waltz in there and handle what we had to handle. Or if somebody's waiting around the corner with a gun, ready to blow my brains out, you know, if I, if I am uncovered for too long, like I just, I can't imagine that every call they get could be like that. That's a big or, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's, so if they make a mistake any, any day or every day, they could make a mistake that could cost people their lives or their own life. And so that's tough. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was just I was just agreeing with you. I mean, I think everyone could acknowledge an area of common ground for everybody is that the job is incredibly difficult. Everyone should agree with that. Yeah. I think I think one of the hardest parts to me is and you see some police training, it's part of their training, is being able to recognize a civilian from an armed civilian or an unarmed civilian from an armed one. And cuz like you can't just wait till they start shooting. Like, oh gosh, I mean, it might be too late at that point. Yeah. And so you got to be able to make those quick decisions right there in the moment, which I just, I, I feel like I'd be terrible at personally. I, I think, think I, I don't could think be, make a good cop. I think I could but, be good every couple of weeks, one day out of every couple of weeks. <laughs> I just, it's the everyday part that would get me. Yeah, man. I thought you were about to say, I'd make a good, I think I'd make a good cop. I, be, <laughs> I was like, really? Huh? No, no. One day, a couple of weeks. That's, that's a I cop gotcha, day gotcha. every once in a while. Yeah. So, so that's one part of me. That's one part of me thinks that, man, they got such a, that's such a hard job, man. For sure. But then there's the other part of me, which kind of reminds me a little bit of James 3.1. Now, James 3.1 refers to saying, like, says, it says that not, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Now, I'm not, I'm not dumb. I realize they're not teachers. But I think what this verse is speaking to is that teachers have a great responsibility on their hands. And I think officers also have a great responsibility. And I think they do have a great responsibility on their hands because people's lives are within their hands. And both have a position of authority. And both, yeah, yes, and both do. And so I think you wanted to quote a movie about this, Shane. <laughs> Did you not want to bring that up? Well, well I, I think I think all of us uh, know that, that line um, that with, you know, with great... Um, with great power, there's responsibility, uh, as cited in uh, a popular <laughs> movie from a few years back. But I, I do believe that there's a direct correlation between authority and responsibility. That is, that in James, that's what he's referring to. Um, all of us, another area of common ground is all of us can see that the authority is paired with responsibility. That you can't have you can't have a trust given to you without an accountability. Yeah, it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah, and so so it's kind of like the two sides of the equation for me here a bit. It's just the, rec- the recognition that it's a tough job and like almost like it needs to be like it's a mercy there. But it's like, you know, sometimes things aren't always fair. Like some people have more resp- more expected of them, more responsibility asked of them. And so like that's just a part of life, I think. I think it ha- things have to work that way. And so... It's kind of tough on that, I think. You know, it's. I think you kind of have to view it from both both points of view, not just simply pick one of them and ignore the other. But Shane, you know, you know, we were discussing this, and you were saying like one of the biggest points about this when we were talking about this is there's actually, despite you know, some people like want to pick pick sides on on officers. They're they're, they're terrible. They need, to, they need to get rid of them, or you know, hey, cut them, cut them some slack. So they killed someone. Big deal. 
making you pick one aside the other, but you're, you say there's actually a whole lot more unity on this than some people like to think. Yeah, there is a massive amount of common ground. No, virtually uh, no one in the public space is defending the video of, of with George Floyd. And, you know, it was universal condemnation of, of what went down. Almost everyone yes, I had ever absolutely. talked to, yeah, media or personally, everyone's like, man, that was messed up what happened. But then everyone knows how important law enforcement is in communities, the vast majority of people. And yeah. so to me, in looking at this, part of the narrative is that there's this massive fault line and division within America. But then when you look at it on the other hand, there's there's massive common ground. I mean, so many people know the vital importance of law in their community, of of having a rule of law where it's agreed uh, agreed laws that are being enforced impersonally, you know, by people that do that full time vocationally, you know. So it's both in the area of law enforcement and in the area of abuse of power. There's massive agreement. And um, I would also like to, to mention the Judeo-Christian principles that give you the idea of limited government, that give you the idea of checks and balances. I mean, it's written in our founding documents of our country, and the premier founding document, the Constitution, is checks and balances, is that the idea that men aren't perfect, mankind's not perfect, and with any kind of, uh, there needs to be a separation of powers, there needs to be checks and balances. And so it's, you know, from, from the top down to when you're having a conversation with the neighbor, um, I mean, there is, I'm just really, I am surprised for all the disagreement that it kind of overshadows a huge amount of agreement and common ground. I mean, what do you, what do you say, Josh? I mean, what do, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think, no, I think it's great that you bring that up. Like the checks and balances that rec- it recognizes that we're flawed people, that we make mistakes. And, you know, like, I mean, not to get too much onto this, but like in the cancel culture that we live in, we tend to sort of want to gloss over people's mistakes. You know, I mean, I not gloss over them, I'd say, but we tend to see the mistake and then like we're done. Yeah. Like, you're, demand, not, you're, demand, you're not allowed. Yeah. Demand perfect um, yeah. performance, right? Right, right. So, so no place for human fa- uh, fallibility. Right. And it doesn't excuse it. It doesn't say that no. those things go unpunished. I mean, that would be unjust. But... No, there's a mechanism to punish um, what everyone looks at that something went wrong in in that particular case. There's a mechanism to punish those people, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah. So in in one way, you're saying this is exactly why the whole how the whole system was set up that there's authority, there's law. And then if it's transgressed, there's a way to bring, there's a way to rectify and fix the situation. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the media would have you believe that's, that's not the case or that's not an option or would ignore that. But yeah. So we, we wanted to point that out because there's so many movements or I guess a central movement rather uh, to get rid of the police or defund them or, or, you know, tie them down in some way. There's, there's various different proposals. So I don't want to link, put everybody in the same box. But, you know, I think in doing that, you're, it's going to create lawlessness. You know, and I, and I was hesitant to talk about this because I know it, like it's such a polarizing, polarizing view. But I, I, I started, more I thought about it, I was like, this idea of lawlessness and removing it, this is 
extremely dangerous, extremely. And I was like, something like this, I'm not going to keep silent about. Well, and the vast majority of people oppose it. I mean, this has to be a, a small percentage. Yeah, that, I would agree with you. Yes. But we have to say how many cities I know of, at least half a dozen cities, major American cities that are are looking on the table at, at, at massively, I'm not saying completely defunding the police, but but markedly in a large degree. Have you, have you seen that? There's proposals to slash police budgets in- I've seen a few different ones, yeah. Yeah, in, in at least half a dozen cities, major US cities. Right, and this- Some of them, yep. I, I think the one in New York was 50%. Wow, oh yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, 50%. Oh man. And then, yeah, I saw some, there was I saw one recently in Minneapolis, but I can't remember exactly what it was. But yeah, it's it's oh, it, it's pretty scary. It's pretty scary with the with these with these types of movements and ideas. So, uh, you know, and ideas have consequences. I mean, we this is I mean this this will directly affect people in communities where they they need law enforcement. Where the with law enforcement's not not there, the stronger person's right, right. That's right. Like yeah. that's yeah. So this the irony of that, it would actually cause harm to to communities that desperately need help. Yeah, you remove the law, you're going to breed anarchy. Yeah, no, nobody wants that. But all all this stuff that's happened, uh, you know, I read. It reminds me of a quote that I read uh, earlier in the week. Now the quote, the context of the quote doesn't directly deal with what we're saying in terms of this, this, the current topic that we're on, but. It is the, the the quote does speak to what we're to what we're talking about, and so this was a quote from uh, Pastor John MacArthur. For the, he's a pastor of Grace Community Church in California, and right now, you know, his church is meeting despite some of the health regulations being put on in California. And so, I don't know if it's the state of California or who it is, but uh, they're they're I think it is a state coming down on this church. They're getting a daily fine. I don't know if that started yet or not. Or I don't know if it, it, they are getting it or they're going to get it. And there's also the threat of prison time for the pastor. I assume it's just him. I don't know about his staff or anything. But so he released a quote about this. And I, when I read the quote, especially the tail end of this, I was like, wow, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's an important, he, he's saying a lot right there. Like, that really goes a long way. So the quote says, it's a little long here, but like I said, the second half, this is really where it hits home. Yeah, totally worth but, it though. Yeah, totally worth it for sure. He says, quote, what we've seen in our society is the destruction of the human conscience, wiping out the law of God, retraining people's brains with homosexuality, transgender immorality, you name it, so they don't know what the law of of God is. Their conscience doesn't know how to function. And if it does, they're told to silence their conscience because they they should not feel guilty. So that's the first part. Then he says, then crush the family, wipe out the family, destroy fathers, and go after the police, defund the police. And here's the big one that stuck out the most to me. Now you've eliminated the personal restraint, number one, the family restraint, number two, the societal restraint, number three. That was the big crux. Now he's talking about going after his church now. And he says, he goes on to say, and then go after the church. Shut down the church and you've got a literal satanic free-for-all going on in society because they've removed all the God-given restraints. That's exactly the process that we see playing out, end quote. 
So I liked it. I, I what I what I not like, but when I read this, I was like, wow, that I I, I never thought of it that way. Talking about the, all the attacks, and he says, now that you've eliminated the personal restraint, the family restraint, the societal restraint, and then going after the church, you've removed all the God God placed restraints, the God given restraints put in there, and what's left. Well, in 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 our my biggest city in my state. You went from burning flags to burning Bibles. Did you see that, Josh? I did. I yeah. did see that. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, lest you think that what we're talking about is hyperbole, I mean, literally uh, burning Bibles in the streets of Portland. Yeah, I mean, and then I, th- I think what's crazy to me. I mean, Shane's our historian buff here <laughs> on the show, but I mean, the history we've seen of burning books and things of that nature in our not so distant history. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's wild to see some of these things happening. It, crazy. Uh, the famous line that people draw is they said, when you burn books, uh, people aren't far after. Oh, and yeah. Wow. Yeah. I never heard that. Yeah, that's historical. Unfortunately, that's a historical reality. I mean, no one could argue with that. Wow, it's unreal. Scary. Yeah, wow. it's very scary. Yeah. Okay, we're going to stop this episode right here. As usual, Shane and I can sometimes get a little long-winded. <laughs> And we went pretty long on this episode. So we decided to kind of cut this somewhere in the halfway point and go ahead and make a second part of this third episode, a part two of it, just so the episode wasn't quite so long. So we're going to stop this episode right here. Um, it's a great discussion, James. Yes. Yes. It's a great discussion. Uh, even better discussion in part two to look forward to. <laughs> We really kind of close this all out and everything. But uh, like I said, we're going to wrap it up right there. Remember, you can always reach the show at feedback at switchinglensespodcast.com via email. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can find everything at the website switchinglensespodcast.com with all of our podcast episodes, blogs, and videos. Well, as always, Shane, thank you for joining me. Oh, I always have a great time. Yes, uh, go and check out part two of this episode. I'll be very shortly, and we will see you next time.